Welcome to the Everyday Sublime Podcast, shedding light on yin yoga and meditation. I'm your host, Josh Summers. I'm a yin yoga and meditation teacher and trainer, and I'm also a licensed acupuncturist. This podcast is intended to be an in-depth exploration of the intersections between yin yoga, Chinese medicine, and meditation. In each episode, I will offer a 10 to 15 minute reflection on one or several of these themes. And my hope is that these reflections will support both your practice and or your teaching of yin yoga and meditation. In this episode, I want to give you a clear understanding of the fourth of the four principles of practicing yin yoga, namely coming out of a pose. In discussing this principle, I'll be exploring key concepts such as what sensations should you expect upon exiting a yin yoga posture. I'll also be talking about the pose between yin yoga poses, known as the resonance pose or rebound pose. I'll also talk about counter poses, as well as key cues for teachers to consider. So let's get started. When it's time to come out of a yin yoga pose, you may feel a pronounced disinclination to move very quickly. Remember now, the tissues in the area that you have targeted These tissues will be temporarily weakened as a result of the stresses placed upon them during the hold. And as such, these targeted areas tend to feel qualities like delicacy, fragility, vulnerability, or tender. Another way of humorously describing this is to perhaps suggest to students that they might feel as though they've aged rapidly while in the pose, sometimes as much as a decade or two in just a five-minute hold but it's extremely important for teachers to speak to these sensations and to tell students to anticipate feeling them. Again, normal sensations coming out of a yin pose include things like delicacy, vulnerability, and fragility, just a feeling of rawness even in the area. Failure on the part of the teacher to do this will trigger inner alarm bells in the heads of their students, simply because upon first encountering these sensations, Uh, they can feel really incorrect or wrong, if not outright dangerous. So the uneducated student might be tempted to roll up their mat at that point. But once again, by normalizing these experiences and sensations, the teacher can help the student to better understand what is situationally appropriate in yin yoga, and also what isn't appropriate, and how to make wiser decisions about how that student might go about practicing. So because of these strange yin sensations upon coming out, it's also a good idea to encourage students to come out of the pose slowly, or as I'd like to cue, come out gingerly, that is cautiously and carefully, nothing too quick, and spend at least 30 seconds, if not a few minutes, in a neutral pose, such as a supine or prone shavasana, that's lying face down on your stomach or on your back, or even child's pose could work but allow the body and mind to adapt to the previous posture's experience. Paul Greeley, the godfather of yin yoga, calls this neutral pose after a yin posture the, quote, rebound pose. This name refers to the rebound effects, both physical, energetic, and even mental, that unfold upon coming out of a pose. Personally, I prefer the term resonance pose. Rebounds just get me thinking about basketball. 
But by whatever name you wish to call this neutral pose in between yin yoga poses, let's look more closely at what's going on within that period of time. So by resting for a minute or two in a neutral pose after one or more of the sensation-rich yin yoga postures, you give yourself or your students the opportunity to observe the subsequent experiences that unfold in their body and mind. In other words, there is intentional space to observe and reflect on the resonant effects of the yin yoga posture. Generally speaking, but certainly not all the time, there's a fairly common arc of experience that looks something like this. First, upon coming out of the pose, there's usually an initial experience of delicacy and fragility in the area, with a strong disinclination to move very quickly. Second, while resting for a minute or so, these bitter sensations might even swell or bloom more intensely before giving way to softer, subtler, more spacious, sweet sensations. Some people experience these subtler sensations as rippling tingles, or cool flowing sensation, or waves of warmth. And for others, it's more the quality of space in the body that is not obstructed by gross, dull sensation anymore. In the lessons on Chinese medicine, I'll consider these sensations from an energetic perspective, both during a pose and after a pose. But for now, it's important just to simply encourage students and yourself to know what the body's internal experience is like firsthand after a pose. The third part here is that generally, after a minute or two, any bitterness from the previous yin yoga pose will have subsided, and that indicates it's now time to move on to another pose. Now, as a point for teachers, in your teaching, whenever you introduce a relatively new concept or topic to your audience, in this case, your students, I think it's a good idea to link that new concept to a previously accepted and understood concept. This connection will help your audience understand your message and increase both comprehension and also buy-in. So in the above example, many people are unfamiliar with their dense connective tissues feeling weakened and vulnerable as a response to exercise, i.e. yin yoga exercise. But they are likely to be familiar with the experience of having worked out very hard, either at a gym or in a yang yoga class or just going out for a long hike. And they're familiar with how 24 to 48 hours after the exercise, they experience what is known as DOMS, or delayed onset muscle soreness. So with yang exercise, that's exercise that has frequent rhythm and repetition, engaging and strengthening the muscles, the tissue or the muscle tissue feels achy and sore in a delayed manner, somewhere in the range between 24 to 48 hours after the exercise. Conversely, with yin yoga, or yin exercise, the tissues that are stressed, the dense connective tissues, these feel an instantaneous soreness. And my acronym for this has been ITS. In other words, instantaneous tissue soreness. And there's kind of a neat symmetry here. With fast, yang-like stresses, the body has a delayed response and becomes sore several hours later. With slow, gentle, yin-like stresses, the body has an immediate response and becomes somewhat sore instantaneously, but that instantaneous soreness also fades relatively quickly in the scope of maybe a minute or two. But the key thing with yin yoga is that the sensation has a kind of sudden onset and a very rapid dissolution. In other words, the bitter sensations generally fade after a minute or so, 
and give way to very pleasant qualities of being, a kind of sweet sensation of being. Connected to linking a new concept to an old, as you present material, I like to also suggest that yin yoga can be thought of as a tissue-specific exercise for our dense connective tissues, especially the tissues around our joints. In yin yoga, these tissues are safely and appropriately stressed in order to elicit the body's physiological response of strengthening and reinforcing these tissues. Yang yoga and weight training are great forms of tissue-specific exercise targeting the muscles. Yin yoga is a form of tissue-specific exercise targeting dense connective tissues around and within our muscles and around our joints. Also, cardiovascular exercise is a form of tissue-specific exercise, namely targeting cardiac tissue, or our heart. Lastly, before I conclude this lesson, what about counterposes? This topic will be addressed much more comprehensively in a lesson on sequencing, but for now, it's fine to add a yang counterpose between yin postures. This can be done with a statically contracted yang pose, such as downward dog, or it can be done with a gently dynamic movement, such as moving from downward dog into upward dog, or moving in and out of cow tilts. It's also fine to omit a traditional counterpose and simply have students rest in the resonance pose or shavasana variation for a minute or two. Okay, I'll stop there for now. And in the next episode of the Everyday Sublime podcast, I'll discuss how yin yoga might be thought of as a universal donor of yoga styles, how it supports and complements any of the other yang styles of yoga. I look forward to sharing that with you, with insights as always from my practice to yours. Now, if you'd like to follow along with the Everyday Sublime podcast, please subscribe in iTunes. There's a link for that in the show notes. Or you could subscribe directly on my site at joshsummers.net forward slash subscribe. Thanks so much for listening today, and I'll see you in the next episode.